The Michael K Show. This team is legitimately good. They're workmanlike. It's not a gimmick that's making them be successful. It's not Jeremy Lin on this otherworldly run. It's smart basketball. They play good defense. They share the ball. And they seem like they really have a great camaraderie and really like each other. It's special. And it's out of nowhere. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I didn't hate when they signed Brunson. I never envisioned this. Ever. He is the guy. We keep saying, well, they need that one superstar. He might be that guy. He might be that superstar. Maybe they need another piece to go along with him. But how many players are going to do what Brunson's done on the Knicks? I mean, he's been that good. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. I was uh, perusing the news today in sports. And uh, I immediately felt a pang of concern. For my good buddy, Peter. Yeah. The guy that everybody thought was going to be the next commander's coach. Supposedly he just pulled himself out of the running. I know. He's deciding to stay as the offense coordinator of the Lions rather than take the job with the commanders. It's such a distasteful job. They have so much cap room. They have the number two pick in the draft. And he doesn't want any part of it. So, so Peter, who's next? Do they pivot to Belichick? Uh, I don't know. Sounds like they're going to pivot to Aaron Glenn. I, I don't understand the Aaron Glenn thing, though. Is is the Detroit defense that great? No, well, they like him. Apparently, that's the report from Schefter, is that they 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 were surprised, but have a lot of respect for Aaron Glenn. And also, he, he reported that Johnson scared teams off. He wanted so much money. I mean, how much money could he be making with the Lions? Maybe, maybe it wasn't about how much he's making with the Lions. More about the fact that he just doesn't particularly want to leave. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you could be a head coach. There's only 32 jobs. I listen. You don't have to convince me. So you giving up on your team because they why would I, hire a coach? Why would, I, why would I give up on my team? That's nah, it's not a good look. <laughs> what, this is just a weird take by you. I'm the king of weird takes. You're the king of weird. But uh, think of it. He's a, he's a hot commodity. Hot. He believes in the team that he's coaching. Mm-hmm. Thinks Detroit can maybe win a Super Bowl. Likes and to then, go for it on fourth down. And then he can have his pick of jobs. Well, this is a great job. I mean, well, all kidding aside, it's, it's, it's a great all job. All the jobs are great, but maybe he feels that I can get more money if I can win a Super Bowl with this team. And there'll be other great jobs that'll be available. Yeah, um, but you know what? He should have listened to his head coach. They might not get back to this well, this point ever okay. again. But now you're obviously looking at it very half logically empty. and with a glass half empty. That's my life. Now, it's not – listen, you never know if you're going to get another job opportunity. Who knows what happens? Detroit takes a huge step back. He's not a hot commodity. Yeah, it could be Wink Martindale. And then he's stuck. But he probably believes in himself and he believes in his team. And he thinks, all right, listen, the commanders is a slow burn. We don't have a quarterback right now. And if I go and jump to this job just because it's a job and two, three years from now I lose and then I get fired, well, I may never be able to get a coaching job again. So no disrespect to Washington, but maybe there's another job that's got a quarterback and a lot more potential where at least my first chance at a head coaching position has a better chance to be a successful one. So that that's looking at the glass half full. Yeah, it surprised me. I, even Damian Woody said on, on Twitter, make it make sense. He said the, they have all this cap room, they have the number two pick, so they're going to get the second best quarterback in the draft. And, you know, they got a great owner who's willing to spend a lot of money. So what's bad about that job in a real football hotbed that's been starving? It's like they become the Knicks of the NFL. Poor Peter. 
Well, I, I, I don't feel that way. At yeah, all. I don't know why you have to feel like this is the end all be all. That's that's not my. That's not where I'm at. I'm not worried about that. I don't feel that way. It's they were on their way out there and they got the call that he's not doing it. It's not like they met with him and he said, "I don't like what I heard." He pulled out right away. So, listen, I wasn't in love with him. I they have a great offense. Does that mean I know he's going to be a great head coach? How do I? I can't be upset about so. That's like such a modern day dumb sports fan move to like scream and cry that you didn't get someone when you didn't even have any idea if that person was going to be good. How, how mad am I supposed to get? Ben Johnson? I'd never heard of him uh, at the beginning of the season. Outside the Olympics. Except for that one. He was a cheater. <laughs> and Canadian. And Canadian. Like and Tom, Tom would love Canadians. to be. That's right. I would Tom love being would love to be. He'd love to be. Well, just thought I'd throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, but I, you, you, you want to swim in those waters, Michael, and, and Peter's not biting. You make it. You want to oh, depress you know, your no, friend no, and co-host. You're right, right. And he doesn't care. To me, to me... It's very telling. Peter doesn't care as much I, about the commanders as he fancies them. No, 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 no. Why would I get upset about losing Ben Johnson? Yeah. And I, listen, I've told you guys, like, the Terps won the title in 2002. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm still good. I'm still good. 22 years later. Well, it's college basketball. It's so hard to win one, right? There well, are a, yeah, million of course, a million teams. I'm good. I right. lived through I was there. I was in. I was at Maryland. I'm good. The Commanders got rid of Dan Snyder last year. I never thought that would happen. It was my wildest dream. My nightmare was they'll win one day with him, and I'll still be—I'll still have a dark feeling like we won, but I hate them. We got rid of Snyder. I- I'm good. I, I hope they—I hope they find the coach. I really I, do. I just—I just want you to be happy. Well, I am. No, well, I'm, he's I'm, happy. Well, but I just don't understand why he'd be devastated. He doesn't know Ben Johnson from Adam. We don't know if it would even work. Well, Ben's brother is Adam. Twin brother Adam, Ben and Adam Johnson. Is that true? Yep. Look at me right now, Michael. I'm among the most. Not. I'm the most. I'm among the most handsome people in sports television. No, no, no. Television. I'm one of the most handsome people in all of television. Yep. I'm worried about who the commander's head coach is. I'm good. You know, I saw a clip that you sent out yesterday where you interviewed these these two wrestling jabronis, and I, I knew exactly where you were at the trap. Oh really? Why'd you call and, them jabronis? Though that wasn't very nice. I, I don't, I don't know who they are. And uh, <laughs> if you kept watching, you would have seen my interview with CM Punk as well. But it's okay. Keep going. And I just said to myself, "What a wonderful world." Not, not like out loud because I, I talked to myself in my head. I said, "You know, Peter's damn good on the air. Just wow. a, a natural comfortableness. That's the best way I could put it." Wow! I really, yeah. I got a lot of positive reviews from that little. Uh, yeah, segment I mean, I it's did. just like you were meant to do that. Well, I'll give you a little uh, BTS at WWE. Did you did you see that they recently hired uh, uh, Lee Fitting? Yes, the guy from ESPN. Who started College Game Day. So right. Lee is, I met him for the first time this weekend, but he's like very big, obviously, on sort of real feel sports style because that's what he comes from. So that was one thing that they wanted to bring back was my, me doing the little walk around thing. I loved it. And I loved it. And you really good at it. Because my, my dream, I, I always loved the idea of doing live shows. Like Michael always wanted to do Family Feud. Yeah. That's his thing. A sports dream. Family Feud. I always, sports Family Feud. I always, in that realm of like... Because I don't think that's your number one dream in life. Your dream no, is the Yankee my number one dream. Right. right. So I, I already have done the things I dreamed of doing. But in terms of that realm of things I always fancied myself to be good at if I got the chance, uh, the style that I always thought I'd excel in would be either red carpet 
or like New Year's Eve. I really like live talking and interviewing and mm-hmm. so like getting to do that at WWE is sort of the best of everything because it's that live free it's it's a, it's replicating the grid walk that they do in with the car races and I, I love getting to do that it's a ball hey you know we if, if there was a television network that we knew people at go ahead right that didn't that took a knee on New Year's yeah which we have why well, we should take advantage of that why don't we talk to I Flip I don't know why ESPN is never I'm talking about ESPN I'm talking about yes I'm talking about yes I'm talking about that's a local New Year's Eve so there's no, people no, in New York ESPN it screams out yeah, why not do a New Year's because I don't Eve think show. we'd be considered but for yes <laughs> I point. think if we had the three of us New York we'd all clamoring to put that on we could have like a sports theme to it wouldn't that be fun that'd be so much fun what if we did it from Michael's house well, and you we kidding could, me and then we and could then do just like Charlie drop a ball listen we could Amazing. do all these things we could do the sports or family feud or have JJ Devaney come it. over and drop Charlie that's right right on his head but we could do the sports family feud leading in because we do like all we go oh on the air at like nine, right? I so like, like a nice three hours leading into the the ball dropping. It would actually be a baseball that drops. Lo- oh, I love this. We do the sports family feud. We do a few one on ones that maybe are pre taped because I don't know if you're going to be able to get guests at that point. We do it right there at Yankee Stadium. We invite people to come well, in the stadium. In the stadium, December thirty first. In well, the like, cold. Well, what's Times Square? Freezing. Heated. Freezing. And the only, and the, and it's worse because the security can't even go to the bathroom. You don't think that yeah, baseball be fans would want to gravitate to to that to their mecca, Michael? It's not a bad, it's not a horrible idea. Come on, wake up, Flip. Well, you're gonna have to call Flip and Jeff. I'll call him right now during a break. This is a really good idea. I think like about it. You got a year to work on it, man. We got a it's lot only of time. January 30th. We got 11 months. It's not a lot of heavy lifting. It's not gonna be very expensive. You think we get a number? I think we would get a number. Uh, sports fans would watch that. What, love- what, what do sports fans have? There might be a game, but other than that. What what is what do they offer you on all the other, these other shows? They're not it's not there's Schlock. no sports. It's, it, it, but we're going to give you sports. And and we do a couple of zooms with Yankee players who are sitting around with their families. Yeah, yeah that'll happen. Well, Flip can make it happen. Uh, oh yeah, Flip is going to tell Garrett Cole, "I want you in front of a camera well, on New Year's well, well, Eve." What, what do you think, Garrett? Listen, doing? I'm not going to play Dungeons. It's our Garrett's first playing one. Dungeons and Dragons. Take what was the thing that he wrote when we, before he was able to get Mike and Chris? Like something was missing. He wrote like initials. Right. What was it that Flip wrote on the whole board? Like we need something. He wrote something specific that well, you always well, talk about. He said he wanted a inside the actor studio for sports. I know, but he he put something there. I don't know. But you always say it now. All of a sudden, you conveniently forget. I don't well, whatever remember. whatever I don't he said. To... That 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 missing piece for the network now is not in the afternoon drive. It's on New Year's Eve. You love it. What do they got? Nothing. Uh, infomercials. No, the, the, they've no, got repeats of Center State, the, but nothing. They're getting no, They're getting zeros. That's not true. But it's not, no offense to you, but it's not a destination. Yes, it's not a destination for New Year's. We can make it the we New Year's that. destination for New York sports fans. We could do all different kinds of things for three hours, and then the baseball drops at Yankee Stadium. Are you kidding me? We'll get people to go to Yankee Stadium. As Peter said, it'll be just as cold as Times Square, but with facilities. Eating and eating nachos out of a helmet. Every no, first no, idea tender. started chicken with tendies. like this. And all we know, we fast forward 20 years from now, and it becomes the thing. And then when Michael passes, it'll still be the Michael K. New Year's, um, like Dick Clark. It'll still be the Michael K. <laughs> oh. New Year's ball drop, whatever it is. Uh, and right, friends. So it's January 30th, mm-hmm. and four of the biggest free agents in baseball are still unsigned. Mm-hmm. And you know that I have the utmost respect for Scott Boris. He knows what he's doing. But you wonder whether or not he has overplayed his hand here. 
Because the guys that are remaining that he controls all have warts. They're not perfect players. Blake Snell has two Cy Young awards. Check out what he's done between the two Cy Young awards. Clay Bellinger, Clay, Cody Bellinger had a really good year for the Cubs. Check out what he did the previous two years after winning the MVP for the Dodgers. Jordan Montgomery has always been a nice starter. He was otherworldly in the postseason last year. I'd say of all of the four, he probably has the least amount of warts. I don't know if he has any warts, but is he a dominant guy who's going to command top dollar? And then Matt Chapman, who's an outstanding third baseman, had a great April last year, but just didn't do much after that. And if you look at his numbers, he doesn't really do that much offensively anymore. So you could wait and wait and wait and demand whatever you want. The Yankees are the only team, as far as I know, that made an offer for Blake Snell. They are from six years. They, they are from five years. No, it was six years, $150 million. He wanted nine years. He countered with nine years, 270. Listen, Blake Snell's a good pitcher. Not worth nine years, $30 million a year. The Yankees are out of the Blake Snell business. So that six years, 150, which is under $30 million a year, about 28 a year, it's not there anymore. Who's paying it? Who's paying it? Did you overplay your hand? And, and there's a, there's been a report out there, and Don mentioned it yesterday. Yankees might still be in on Bellinger. Well, tell me how. Tell me how they're still in on Bellinger. Once they made the Verdugo trade, how are they in on Bellinger? Their outfield is Aaron Judge in center, Soto's in right, Verdugo is in left, and Trent Grisham is your fourth outfielder. How are they in on Bellinger? Your first baseman is Anthony Rizzo. Why would you be paying $25 to $30 million a year on a guy that has no position? So I'm going to be very intrigued to see how this plays out. Who's giving Blake Snell that money? Who? And it also makes the Yankees getting um, Marcus Stroman look pretty smart. They grabbed him at $18.5 million for two years. That's a bargain. When Blake Snell wants $30 million a year, two seventy for nine years for Blake Snell. Now, there are certain free agents out there that are no-brainers. Garrett Cole's a no-brainer. He checks every box. So when he wanted nine years and all that money, the Yankees gave it to him. And other teams would have given it to him. That's a no-brainer. But to hold out for that kind of money for Blake Snell, when you look at his years between the Cy Youngs, where's it coming from? Who's giving that kind of money to Bellinger? Where, Don, I want to know where these guys end up, and I hope they all do great. Oh. But, my goodness, you're, you're, you're putting flawed players out there, and you're charging Tiffany prices. You just wonder, is that because they're Boris clients? That, uh, listen, he's asking for top dollar, but he's not going to be able to get it now because anybody that signs him, it's not going to be out of desperate. It might be out of desperation, but it's not going to be for the money that Boris wants. At this point, what is he banking on that these teams are going to be just so panic stricken that they're only he's a couple banking of... somebody will get hurt in spring training? But that, but then if they don't, then what? I mean, we saw the same thing with um, Conforto, right? And he yep. ended up sitting the entire year. Like you just got to be careful. Got hurt too, right? But what I'm just saying is, is that you, you, oh, he'll, he'll, somebody will get hurt. There'll be an opportunity, and what if the opportunity doesn't come? What if nobody gets hurt? Is your client just to get the top dollar willing to sit an entire year or months? before they get an opportunity to play. I mean, and I don't know whether it's just being anti-Boris, that they want to try to bring his money down, they don't like him, whatever it is, but I would think at the end of the day, you want to try to have the best players on your team. 
But Scott's so good at what he does, Michael. What's his end game here? I don't see how this is going to work out. I mean, most of the time he comes out smelling like roses because I, I believe for what he does, he's a genius. He must have some idea where they're going to end up. I want to see the team that gives Blake Snell nine years, two seven. I want to see that team. I want to see how long that team is well, in existence but, uh, as a viable option. You know, uh, the, the uh, all the free agents lost a big player in the in the Padres who overpaid to an extent that they almost bankrupt their team. That team doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the perfect fit for Blake Snell or for Jordan Montgomery would be the Orioles. The Orioles need a number one starter. Blake Snell fits that. Well, they're not going to dance for that money. No. So you're out. Who? Are, if the Yankees aren't in, the Dodgers don't need any more pitching. I mean, the Cubs definitely need Bellinger. They're not well, biting on the on the price range. Well, if you know, if I were Blake Snell's camp, wouldn't, wouldn't I try to do what happened with Cora in Minnesota? They'll sign a one year deal and go ball out, win the Cy Young, and then and then hope yeah, that you'll be able to do it. Because that, I don't every, think that's the play, though, Don. Well, because he just he just did that. He just won the Cy Young. He can't be any he can't be any hotter than he is right now. I think he's over asking. Well, I why I, not well, take the six over one fifty from the Yankees? He's over asking because as you said he doesn't give you a ton of innings. Now, if he goes out there and does it again, and maybe gives you a few more innings, and then does it at a level where the team's competing for a championship, then maybe he he'd have a better chance. He'd make he'd make good money this year, uh, you know. So Boris is going to look like a genius if God forbid Cole gets hurt and the, the Yankees get desperate and decide to sign him for this year. But th- that's no way to do business. Hoping somebody gets hurt in spring training. What if nobody gets hurt? Then your hot client coming off a Cy Young award is gonna is not gonna play. They they always say in any business hope is a really bad plan. I, but he's smarter than that. But I'm just wondering if now teams have either wised up or post-COVID now or being a little bit more fiscally responsible. Now, the oh. Yankees are one thing with Cole because there's not a lot of teams that get a dance as high as they did that the Yankees did because the Yankees were in a situation where they felt that this was an absolute need and they're a rich franchise. But you saw what happened with San Diego. Now their owner passes away. You saw what happened in Washington. Same thing. Like So some of these teams that were throwing a lot of money around now are paying the piper. So are teams beginning to wise up now? Are there fewer teams that can spend the money than, say, five years ago, three years ago? Well, I, I think it's it's a bad storm for the free agents. The Dodgers spent their money, obviously, on Glass now, Yamamoto, and Otani. And then they also brought in James Paxson for 11. So they're, they're, you, you assume they're done. The Mets are kind of in this nebulous state, Don. They don't seem like they want to go for the big fish at this point because they don't think they're going to be a World Series contending team. The Yankees have spent their money. They're over $300 million, so they're not in. So if those three teams are out, where where are you getting people to bid it up? The Texas Rangers desperately want to sign Jordan Montgomery. They can't because they don't know what their television revenue is going to be because the regional sports network might not even be in existence. So that cost them like $80 million. So who's bidding on the, the, the Chicago White Sox are in a total rebuild. They're, they're selling people off, so they're not buying anybody. Where is the big money coming from? Did you Again, I'll always bet on Boris because his track record is pristine. But I, I can't figure well, out where the money's coming the from. The brilliance of Scott Boris is that he will be able to convince teams the bargain that this player is because of all the hidden analytics. I remember that book. Remember you showed me like the, the, the Johnny Damon binder, like all the things yep. that he can do that you don't think about that go beyond the big three, batting average, home runs, and RBIs. But everybody's on to that now, Michael. They run their teams that way now. 
You know, so I, I think they know exactly what they're getting from these free agents. It's just a matter of whether they have the money or not. So I can't believe Scott Boris, as smart as he is, thinks there's money out there that isn't really out there. So is he waiting for somebody to blink? Like, and, and he could sit there and prove that those franchises have the money, but if they're not willing to spend it, then what good is it the fact that they have it? He can prove that those guys have money in reserve and should use it on his free agent. But if they don't want to, they don't want to. And they're not going to be guilted into it, Michael. Right. The, the teams with a lot of money are out. They're done. And you had the Yankees right there. Six years, 150 would have been a great landing spot for this guy being the number two starter behind Cole and in front of uh, Rodon. I mean, he could have he could have enjoyed life here for six years, but you asked for nine two seventy for a guy when he doesn't win the Cy Young. His numbers are somewhat pedestrian, right. and even when he wins the Cy Young, he gives you five and a third innings each start. And you're asking two seventy for nine again. Scott's smarter than me. I want to see it work out. I I hope I live till opening day this year because I want to see how this plays out. I don't want to pass before it plays out. Is that fair? Very fair. There should be other reasons for that, but that's a good enough reason. Of course. I mean, there's so many reasons, but that's just one. I've always said I don't want to pass it away in the middle of a season. Hmm. Of any season. Like, the perfect time, I guess, to pass would be, like, right after the Super Bowl before spring training. But then you then you pass it away in the middle of a basketball season. Yeah, but you know, there's, there's a middle of always a season. I know. Michael. That's why it doesn't pay to die. Well, nobody wants to. Um, I, 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 this always crossed my mind, too, as we go into the morbid part of the show. I love this. Day or night? I'd rather pass during the day. Night for me. Less scary. Well, I think passing is scary. Even uh, no, but I, I, I get that. But with the sun out, I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a feeling of hope. Oh, then you, like, you think of the Terry Jacks, Seasons in the Sun. Right. Yeah. But that's part of it. The sun is positive. The the nighttime, because what if we're going into dark? Then there's no transition. Well, that's, that's exactly what you're doing, though. So it's kind of apropos. Oh, really? So you've already, you know, you don't want to give our political leanings, but... Well, I'm not saying... I'm just saying... You don't believe in we, God. I, I do. Uh, that's the way I'm betting. But I'm just saying that when, when you close your eyes, you go, goes to dark wherever you end up after that. But it is kind of like fade to black, right? Uh, then hopefully you wake up in a beautiful place. But the tell I you don't know. I don't, you're I don't going know. towards the light, they say. Yeah, so it's well, fade to white. Yeah, but no, no. When the eyes close, it's dark. And then you'll start to go into the light. So you're saying fade to black. And then, then we And then we go back up on white. Right. Cross That's dissolve. Like you're producing it. You yeah. want to cross dissolve, go to black, and then cross dissolve back to white. Here we go. See the light. Camera one. Swipe. Camera, one. Camera two. Camera two. Um, I think we have a Sola next. You don't know what do you call him, uh, Peter? Ice Francola. Ice Francola. <laughs> Big well, fan. Frank Isola of the Yes Network. He has his own show in the morning. He's on uh, PTI constantly and around the horn. He works more than me now. But he's good. Very good looking man. Oh. When I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and of course, my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, it's Bigelow Earl Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition even when the game goes into extra innings. I refuse to settle. Neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea. Take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea. Join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I could safely say... If you've ever met Frank Isola, you'd love him. If you ever watched him on oh, TV, yeah. you love him. Talented, you, down If you ever heard earth. him on a Sirius XM show in the morning with Brian Scalabrini, you love him. Yeah. It's impossible to know him and not like him. He's that sort of he's guy. Wonderful. He's wonderful. He's a delight. And now he's our guest here on the K Show. Hello, Frank. Was Peter rolling his eyes as you were saying? No. That? What? He, matter of fact, you want to hear a dirty little secret? I'm going to lift the curtain. It was Peter's idea to have you on. That's right. Love the Isola. <laughs> Love the Isola. Now, we were all on board with it, but the but suggestion came from Peter. Eye. I'm a huge Isola okay. guy. Somebody had to come up with the idea, and it was him. We all are on board. Well, you know oh, what? I'm, I, I was rolling my eyes, Frank, because usually when you come on, You've got the video element. Now we just have a yeah, little. Yeah, this is well, that's a, a sure pedestrian. Well, idea. what's what's going on? A C- couple of things. Number one, I told your Anthony, not the East Network Anthony, that I was in the car. I'm not home yet to do um, video. I was at the South Street Seaport taping a little show around the Horn. Ran a little late. That's why I needed like 15 more minutes, and I could have done it. So I wow. apologize for that. No, it's all right. Um, we were talking about the Knicks and the Nets earlier. Is there any way, is there a world in which you could see the Knicks and the Nets would ever make a trade where Bridges goes to the Nets for four first-round draft picks? Yeah, I saw that from Bobby Marks. I mean, I think it would take something like that. Why wouldn't the Brooklyn Nets consider something like that? You know, I think Bridges is good. I don't think he's certainly not a number one. I don't think he's a number two. He has to be a number three guy. You could see him fitting in with the New York Knicks. But remember, they did make a big trade last year to, you know, trading away Kevin Durant to bring in Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and uh, draft picks. But it would take a lot. I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because I think the two teams and two organizations are at a different place right now. But let's also look at it this way. How, how would Joe side feel if the Knicks went on to win a championship and Mikael Bridges is on one of those floats? Maybe that's something the owner wouldn't want, but I'm sure the front office would think, give us all those draft picks, we'll take them. See, that's the thing that irritates me. Uh, Michael and I usually have this conversation about the Mets and Yankees making a trade. Now, it's a little bit different because it's an in-division rival, but... Frank, if you if you want to get up off the mat, you get off up the mat. I mean, you can't worry about where the Knicks are. You can't see them anyway at this point from a popularity standpoint. You got to worry about yourself and bettering yourself. I I think, and I think that's how Sean Marks look at looks at it. You know, Sean Marks knows there are things the Nets have to do to improve. And I think if you look at their roster, you know they have a real they have a lot of good players. But, you know, you need stars to win in the league. And this year, Jalen Brunson is going to be an all-star. The Knicks have Julius Randle. And then they have pieces that fit. So I think GMs are always realistic about that stuff. I think they always look at it as what deal can I make that can help us certainly now, but also in the long term. I I think Sean Morris is pretty smart. Now, who knows if something like that would come up. It was just a scenario from, uh, from Bobby Marks. But again, 
I think it makes sense for the Knicks. I think it makes sense for the Nets. Would the Nets do that? I don't know. Maybe it would be above Sean Mark, some move like that. Well, well then, but then let's look at it from the prism of the Knicks, though. They've, they've got that one big move remaining. They've got the salary of Fournier, and they've got all the first-round draft picks. Would you give up four or five? Because, you know, there were reports that the Nets turned down four first-round draft picks from Memphis last year uh, for Mikel Bridges, yeah. and there wouldn't have been that G watching him on a parade. So would the Knicks give up four or five? Is that the move to make to put them over the top? I think the player that the Knicks feel, and this is just me looking at it and knowing – you know, who's on the roster and the way the head coach thinks. I look at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns because he could spread the floor. He's a terrific three-point shooter. That opens up the lane, you know, for guys like Jalen Brunson. And if they could somehow keep Julius Randle, I don't know how they would be able to do that. I think they look at him as the guy. That's why, to your point, Michael, maybe the Knicks wait until this offseason. And right now Minnesota has the best record in the Western Conference. Maybe they hope that Minnesota gets knocked out and Minnesota saying, you know what, maybe we, can, we really need to make a move and just have the whole team centered around Anthony Edwards. The one thing about Mikel Bridges, and Mikel Bridges has been good, but you know, he did have some moments. If you look at the game against Miami, um, you know, in overtime, the Knicks are down, I mean, sorry, the Nets are down one, and he uses up basically all of the 11 seconds before he shoots. You have to go two for one there. You have to give yourself a chance to get a rebound if you miss. Or if you miss and they grab the rebound foul, this way you still have, you're still somewhat alive. He's made some poor decisions late in games. The other night he missed a big, uh, free throw, uh, with, with the game on the line. So he's a good player and he certainly is a winning player. But for the Brooklyn Nets, they're looking at him to be their first and second best player. And it's not going to get you very far. That's why him on the Knicks makes a lot more sense. All right. No deal. This is the team moving forward. How far do you think this Knicks team can go? Oh, I think they can go pretty far because I think Jalen Brunson is really playing at a high level. Health will have a lot to do with it, but you could see the team just in terms of being a tough physical team. It's the kind of team that Tom Thibodeau likes. It's the kind of team that he knows you could win with in the in the postseason. So if you look at the East, obviously the Celtics are at a different level, but you know Kristaps Porzingis gets hurt a lot. You know Tatum and Brown last year had some bad moments, certainly in the conference finals. Embiid's never been out of the second round. And Milwaukee, which has given the Knicks trouble, is a, they're a terrible defensive team. I know in the last night after they won, Doc was saying, oh, we played, we were so good defensively. Well, down the stretch you weren't. Denver was scoring at will when it mattered. So I don't, even though I think those teams would go in, certainly Milwaukee and Boston would go in favor against the Knicks, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Jalen Brunson right now is playing as well as any point guard in the league. He's not Shea Gillis-Alexander. But the guy's pretty darn good. And the one thing Jalen Brunson does, he brings an intangible that teams always overlook. And they overlooked it when he went into the draft and it was a second-round pick. The guy wins. He wins and he makes his teammates better. It's still hard to believe that these scouts and these general managers that make the money they make allow someone like that to go to the second round. And then Dallas has him, and he's willing to sign there for $50 million, and Dallas doesn't re-sign the guy, knowing that if they re-signed him, the Knicks would have always traded for him anyway. So what Dallas did, Dallas was smart to draft him. The way they handled his contract extension and then letting him walk as a free agent was absurd. You know, we said this at the beginning of the show. I want to get your take because you, you covered the Knicks back then. That I think that Brunson, if he continues on this arc, is a better player for the Knicks than Carmelo Anthony was. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Carmelo was a brilliant 
score. Now, remember, Carmelo one year, I think he finished second in the MVP. So he had a terrific year, but the Knicks also got eliminated that year by Indiana. So I think the Knicks that season, they definitely beat Miami twice. They might have beaten them three times. That was the great Miami team with LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But Jalen Brunson already has, has already led them to one playoff series victory. But, um, Carmelo only had one during his time with the Knicks. And the Knicks are just, the fit is better. And the Knicks, remember too, the biggest issue that the Knicks had with Carmelo was Carmelo forcing his way out of Denver and the Knicks being so trigger happy that they made that move when if they had waited till the offseason, they could have kept a lot of the assets that they had. So the Knicks not only have Jalen Brunson playing at a really good level, but they still have assets. And what's interesting about that, I think Rick Brunson, his dad, I think his first coaching job was sitting behind the bench in Denver with George Carl when Carmelo and Anthony was on the team. So there definitely is a connection between uh, you know Carmelo Anthony, Rick Brunson, and Jalen Brunson. And the other thing, too, that I sense more so than back in the day is that it's wide open. I agree the Celtics are on a different level, but they don't feel unbeatable the way the Heat did with LeBron and the Cavaliers did with LeBron or what was happening in Golden State. It feels like there's several teams that go win a championship and if the Knicks continue with the trajectory that they are, why not them? I think I think you're right, Don. So if you go back to last year, now Miami do, does have experienced players like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and there's a certain way that they play and it works in the playoffs. So Miami last year... Finish seventh. They lose the first play-in game to Atlanta. They then have to play Chicago there. They are playing in Miami, but they were trailing in the fourth quarter. They were that close to being eliminated. Then they run into Milwaukee to catch a break because Giannis got hurt in game one. In fact, I think the two games that Giannis played, I think they lost both of those games. So Giannis didn't even win a playoff game last year. Then in the second round, I thought the Knicks were really good. Both teams were dealing with injuries, but you know the Knicks were a shot away from sending that to a Game 7 at Madison Square Garden. And then, obviously, they went up 3-0 on Boston and had the great Game 7 where Boston forced the Game 7. But uh, Miami was just better. And you know, no one was really thinking of Miami at that time. Boston had the most talent in the league. Milwaukee looked, had the best record. But here comes it, – it, it's all, you have to get a little lucky. Every year the teams win, you get a little lucky. Toronto got lucky because poor Kevin Durant blew out his Achilles in Game 2. So all you know, down the line somewhere, you have to get a little lucky. But in terms of being good and being a team that's locked in, the Knicks definitely could be that team. Look at the just hey, all you have to do listen to the way the coaches and players talk about Jalen Brunson. I mean, last year after Miami beat, it was funny. Miami beats the Knicks in that series, and Eric Spolster was going on and on about Jalen Brunson. And Brian and I were joking on the radio that the Knicks better take out a restraining order against Eric because he's going to be an assistant coach on the national team. And he's going to spend now basically half the summer with Jalen Brunson you know, working and maybe trying to recruit him to Miami one day. Coaches and players know how good Jalen Brunson is. I get it. He's not going to jump over anyone. He's not going to have the spectacular dunk. All he's going to do is win. He won in high school, which, okay, well, it's a big deal. He won in high school. All right, that's fine. He won two national championships in college, and he's been winning since he entered the NBA. Answer me this, and, and you were on the Knicks for a long time uh, on the newspaper side. Jalen Brunson doesn't get a starting spot because the, the 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 fans didn't vote for him that much, and the Knicks really didn't put, I'd say, a concerted effort to like promote he and Randall. Uh, it's impossible to get them on shows. Um, Leon Rose has never spoken to anybody but Mike Breen. He should be out there receiving his flowers for the job that he's done turning the franchise around. What's their thought process? Well, 
Don't, don't they want to be I, like celebrated? It, it's it's a great call, and I think uh, you know there are some teams that get a little hokey with it promoting their players. Now I have a media vote, but usually the media vote doesn't mean anything, and I voted. Uh, Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Halliburton as my starting backcourt, just like I had Anthony Edwards and Shea Gilders-Alexander in the Western Conference. But I think you're 100% right. I think they could do a little bit better job if I were them. And, you know, Jalen, it's it's different. Jalen is very savvy. He's always going to say the right things. He's very engaging. He has a lot of interest outside of basketball. He should be on your show. He should be on there maybe, you know, once a month or once every six weeks. I wish he could come on my show. We've had his mom come on, and now that Rick works for the Knicks, we don't get Rick, but we've had Sandra come on. But Jalen is, I I think the Knicks are missing an opportunity from this standpoint. He's such a likable guy. He's playing incredibly well. All he's going to do is represent the organization in an incredible way. He's going to come on your show, and he's going to be entertaining. He's not going to be boring like some big-time NFL quarterbacks who would have a weekly thing and they'd come on somebody's show and they wouldn't say anything. Now, all of a sudden, they're the funniest guy that you'll ever see out there. Jalen Brunson would be very good, and I think, to your point, Mike, I, I, think it's, I think it's an opportunity that the Knicks are missing because I think Jalen Brunson would be 100% up for that. And also, why, why, is, why is Leon Rose hiding? I mean, the, the guy's been brilliant what he's it. done. He should be I celebrated. Don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and I think I think they should have Tom, uh, you know, do stuff too. Tom would be great with you guys. Tom has an incredible history. I mean, you know, you could ask him. You, you see any similarities between this team and the '99 team? You see any similarities between this team? And when you were an assistant coach with Boston and you won a championship, you know, Tom had a long history with Kobe Bryant. I mean, the guy's been in basketball his entire life, and he can tell really good stories. I think I think the the organization sometimes is so worried about controlling things that they're hurting some of the players just in terms of some of the branding that a guy like Jalen Brunson could do for himself, even Dante DiVincenzo, Julius Randle. I think, I think it's a missed opportunity not having those guys. And Leon should be out there. Like, if the fans want to hear things, I mean, you guys will ask the right questions, and it'll be up to Leon to give the right answer. Yeah, that's a great point, because I, I, I had the, the privilege of calling a few Nick games this year, and it was really a, a, a fun experience. And also revealing because we would get the walk-offs after they won and i'm i'm on the radio in new york three and a half hours a day every single day on the michael k show and i'm literally talking to these guys for the first time and they're all really cool guys i mean Devin so is a great story and a good and a good guy josh hart like these are just a few of the guys that i'm, I'm literally talking to for the first time and they're engaging and they're fun to talk to and they've got great stories and i'm like why is this the only opportunity we have to hear them and then, Don, what happens, too, I think there was that long stretch there where the Knicks were really bad. And I think this is the problem. They're, they're really bad, so the, the coverage reflects that. The fans' attitude toward the team reflects that. So I think sometimes over Madison Square Garden, they look at it, see, this is a media-driven thing. They're so negative towards us. When it's really the results always dictate the coverage. And that one year that Carmelo had, a, you know, the, the year that the Knicks went to the playoffs, they beat uh, Boston the first time. They won those games that they had against Miami in the regular season. The coverage reflected that team. In fact, uh, J.R. Smith that year was the sixth man of the year. So I think sometimes there's still a little bitterness there toward the media, but I just think it's wasted energy it, because it's obviously a likable team. Clearly the fans have fallen in love with the team, and it never has to be about the great superstar player. It's about winning, and that's what the team is doing right now. 
ultimately that's all the fans care about is putting a winning product on the court that P- that resonates with fans. Clearly that's happening with the Knicks, so why not have the players out there? Put them out in front. Give them a chance to talk about it. Frank Isola, the Yes Network Nets analyst, has his own radio show, Brian Scalabrini, in the morning on basketball, on Sirius XM, uh, around the horn, PTI, the whole deal. Before I let you go, it's been a, a point of contention where the player doesn't want it. I think they'll do it. Will the Nets give Kevin Durant some kind of video? Oh, I think he's going to get one. <laughs> I think, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Richard Jefferson about it last night. He said the players really don't care about something like that. So I really do think it's more of a fan and a media-driven thing. You know, Kevin Durant did pick the Nets. And believe it or not, he did. they did have an amicable, uh, amicable breakup. You know, both sides, you know, kind of agreed. And it wasn't a nasty divorce. Now, Kyrie next week when he comes in with Dallas, that could be a whole other story. But, again, I said, it, you know, if you go back to a couple of years ago, the Nets were the best team. And I talked about being lucky. They got unlucky. James Harden got hurt. Kyrie Irving got hurt. The, the Nets that year, their first seven playoff games were against Boston and Milwaukee, the eventual champs, and they were 6-1 and one at that time. And then it all started falling apart. So Kevin Durant does a lot when I even know he engages in something like that. I'm sure the, uh, the Nets will do something uh, small for him. It'll be, it'll be kind of interesting. I actually think the biggest story is next week when Kyrie Irving comes in with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Now, Kyrie's been out. He's hurt. He's missed a ton of games. But uh, Should he be available for that one? Tuesday. I hope he is. Oh. I hope you never know. Will Joel, will Joel Embiid be available? Now, are, are you but expecting... I, all, I, all, you, I know, all I know... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. No, say, no go ahead. <laughs> okay. No, you go. Would you, you go. Are, would you be expecting full-blown like booze every time Kyrie catches the ball? I think from some people. I think, you know, the one thing about Kyrie, he is a great player when he wants to play. Look what he did with the Knicks. Against oh, yeah. the Knicks a, a he, he crushes the Knicks. He was really, really good. Exactly. He gets up to play. So I think there are a lot of fans that just admire him from a basketball standpoint, they don't look at a lot of the other nonsense where he's missing games and he's and he's away from the team. I think I think that frustrates well, a lot of people. So I, I think it'll be mixed. Frank, this will this will be filed under. You can't make it up. Uh, Ian Begley reporting Ben Simmons probable for tomorrow against Phoenix due to a knee contusion. Oh, you yeah. can't make it up. What I say yesterday? Well, yeah, and I said that last night. Like everyone's getting all excited about him coming back, and he played really well. And the way he that he plays makes the Nets better. He grabs rebounds, he pushes it, he's a terrific passer, great rebounder, he can defend. But my thing is, it's never about one game. It's like they need to see him out there tomorrow night against Kevin Durant. He needs to be defending Kevin Durant for the 18 minutes that he's out there. That's the big thing. I mean, the guy had missed 38 straight games. He never plays. So I'm always asked about him, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, he's, not a, he's never going to be a guy that's going to knock down three-point shots. When he plays, he's good. He never plays. It's the same thing when Kyrie was here. Kyrie's a great player. He never plays. If you don't play, I mean, what are we supposed to say about the guy? Good stuff, Frank, as always. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Right, that's Frank Isola. Uh, you can see him on uh, the Nets pre- and post-game coverage on Yes, listen on the radio, and see him on ESPN as well. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. You know, we uh, talked a little about baseball. I didn't mention that Justin Turner, veteran, uh, has signed with the Blue Jays. So that eliminates 
um, the Blue Jays as a landing spot for Chapman, where he played the last two years. So probably maybe the Cubs or the Giants. But uh, the Blue Jays have had a very strange offseason. Very. They put all of their eggs in the Otani basket, and it didn't turn out. And uh, they really haven't pivoted. I mean, they re-signed Kevin Kiermeyer, and that's a nice signing, but they are not that much better than they were last year. So you take away a platinum glove third baseman, and now you put a 38-year-old Justin Turner, who's going to play the bulk of your games at third. Interesting, uh, to say the least. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Anthony in the car. Anthony. Hey, fellas. Good afternoon. How you doing? Good. How are you, Ant? Uh, I'm good. The people around me are not. Uh-oh. Thanks to one of your one of your past woodges. Oh boy! It's causing wars in households, and Uh-oh. I love asking it. Tell me, what's which one? The the relate. Would you have relations with your coworker to save your significant other? What do you mean? Oh, oh that one. Yeah. Yes. So oh, what, what's the argument? Oh, is what, what's what? I never said relations with your coworker, did I? No, I don't remember that one. Yeah, no. and, and then Don, Don said he would destroy Peter. Yeah. What was 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 that coworker? I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, it was. Yeah, it think was think Peter right. to save your wife. It yeah. might not have right. been a significant. It might not have been like in the Woodgy game. It was later on in the show. Okay. So why is it causing problems? Because all the guys, all the guys are saying no, and the wives are losing their minds. So the wives would want um, the guys to, to have relations with a coworker to save them. Yeah, well, yeah, because it was with a male coworker, Michael. You're leaving that part out. Now, yeah. I, I remember it was what I would Don and I. You know, that was what it was. I want yeah, to be careful. Just with before. each other. I didn't say male or female, but just with each other. Well, yeah, but you in this case, it happened males. to me myself and Don. Well, I was right. keeping it. Cle- I was keeping it clean for Mushnick. Oh yeah, thanks. That'll work. Yeah. I'm sure he appreciates it. <laughs> and that'll work. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's causing such distress, but you know what, Anthony? We thank you for the call. That is the purpose of the Woodgy game. It makes you think. Makes you think. Yeah, deep, makes you come up deep, with hard deep answers. Thoughts. Deep thoughts like Jack Handy. Mark in Charlotte. Marky. What's up, fellas? How are we doing? Good. How are you? Good. So uh, I've been in Charlotte a few years now, but something I miss about living in the Northeast is going to MSG, but I was at the Knicks. Hornets game last night, and boy, did it feel like I was in the in the garden last night. You know, Mark, uh, I watched it on TV. Was it as loud as it sounded on TV? I mean, a cheering when they introduced Thibodeau, and then they cheered throughout the game. MVP did it. Was it that loud in the in the arena? Yeah, it really was. And you know, fans in Charlotte across all sports are pretty uh, depressed. I would say with their current situation, but Knicks fans came out. It was it was really loud. Uh, I got to sit pretty close. And uh, the Knicks faithful were uh, loud and proud. I got to ask you this, Mark. I got to ask you this. So you you sat close. How much? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I actually, uh, my father, I was raised right. My father taught me well. I bought the cheapest uh, seat in the the arena and managed to get down to like the 10th row. Um, You can do that Dad did raise you well, yep. But uh, I think I looked pregame. I think uh, courtside seats, maybe not courtside, but. Lower level, ten rows up, was around five hundred bucks. No, oh, you know yeah. what? That, that's that's a decent amount. I'm, not I'm glad you. Had, yeah, it's not nothing. I'm I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. It's not it's not two thousand dollars, but it's it, five hundred. It's a lot. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I thought it would that's be a lot, lot less. That's a lot. Let's go to Carl in Queens. 
I'm on the Michael K show again. There oh, you yes, go. you are. I'm uh, I'm joining boys. Um, I uh, you guys make my mind wander with all these great points and all the callers and stuff. But I uh, the one I wanted to bring up. I did Frank Isola Mike say that um, Jalen Brunson is better than Carmelo Anthony? Did I get that right? Yes. Yes. Guys, that's crazy. There's no way. There's no way. Jalen Brunson is better than Carmelo Anthony. Guys, and well, I remember. He, well, you, well let, remember, let's 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 phrase it this way, Carl. See if you agree. Is he better for the Knicks than Carmelo Anthony was? Uh, yeah. If you phrase it that way, yes, definitely. But he's not a better player than Carmelo. And I remember because that's when I really started to uh, listen to you guys the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember those times when people would poop on Carmelo all the time. He's a great player, and people forget that team, the fifty-four win team. If Omari quite literally didn't break his back. We probably, maybe, would have beaten the Heat in the best of seven, and I don't, I don't even know. remember who was in the West. That who, the never, who was, who was the, that year? I'm yeah. sorry. No, who who was year? in the West that year? I I, I don't remember oh, because oh. I don't think it mattered. Well, you know what, Carla? I will tell you one thing. Carmelo is obviously one of the great scorers in NBA history. He wasn't an overall great player. He didn't make those around him better. Jalen Brunson makes everybody See, around him better. Now, if, if you're going to list the greatest players in NBA history, Carmelo would probably be higher. He's a better scorer. He was dynamic in that fashion. But it's a he's a point guard. He makes players around him better. There's a toughness. The thing with Carmelo, you know, could he work with other guys? It's, it seems like you plug anybody in with Brunson. Where Carmelo, remember the whole Jeremy Lin, well, once Carmelo comes back, they won't be able to work together and, and all that. He's so much a better player for this team. And we got to stop with that. Well, if, if this guy didn't get hurt, th- nobody was going to beat the Heat and LeBron James. And I think it was the Spurs that the, the Heat ended up beating in the final that year based on what they did against them in the regular season. Michael, we lived through that. I, I don't think that team was winning a championship, and they couldn't even get the past, past the Pacers, so they didn't even get a chance to play the Heat in the postseason. Yeah, we, we never really saw what was planned out. You know, Amari didn't stay healthy, and we never saw what was planned out with Ewing. Bernard King didn't stay healthy. So this is one of the times where it's all lining up for the Knicks where it's working out. Just the way it was planned, the way Leon Rose and his group planned it. So, yeah, Carmelo is, is, I mean, he's already been named one of the top 75 players in NBA history. We know that. Great scorer, but not a great all-around player. He just wasn't. And also, this role that Jalen Brunson is playing on this team, I believe, will have more positive impact than the role that Carmelo is able to play for the Knicks. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.